You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. to do greater things for God. Um, Me and MJ get to share tonight just what we learned from the conference. Uh, And for me, there was a lot of things that I got out of this conference, but there were a few that stood out to my my heart specifically. Um, But I want you guys to take a minute. Everybody, I want you to have pen and paper, phone, get your notes out, whatever, um, and write down for me eight things that you personally sacrifice by being a disciple of Jesus. Eight things that you have had to give up or or are currently fighting to give up. Eight things that you personally sacrifice by being a disciple of Jesus. A couple examples, money, time, relationship opportunities. Just to get the... (laughs) That's real. Just to get the juices flowing. Give you guys a minute. I want eight. <laughs> you can have, you can have more than eight. <laughs> Stick with eight. <laughs> no ten, no twenty. When you're done, just look up at me so I know generally. <laughs> cut off your time. Keep writing if you need to, but keep thinking, okay? I'm going to read you some scriptures. 1 Timothy 2, chapter 6. 1 Timothy 2, 6 says, who gave himself as a ransom for all men. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 5, 25 says, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Galatians 2, 20. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 5.2 And live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Romans 8.32 He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, Mm -hmm. how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Galatians 1 Verse 4, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age. John 3.16, 1 John, sorry, 1 John 3.16, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And John 10.18 in the NLT, no one can take my life from me, I sacrifice it voluntarily. So you guys wrote down some things that you have to sacrifice for being a disciple. Did any one of you write on your list, my life? 
Okay. But are you dead? <laughs> Amen. Yes, exactly. Have any of you, though, had to die for being a disciple? No. None of us here, right? None of us have had to give up our physical life. We do, right? We give up our life in a lot of ways, emotionally. And, yeah. Uh, but we don't physically. We've not had to physically lay down our life to be a disciple, right? So I love how John 10, 18, it says that Jesus sacrifices his life voluntarily. Voluntarily. You know, Maria Hart uh, made a great point in her charge on greater marriages, but I think it's a point that all of us can take, single or married. Um, Any woman that's made a decision to follow Jesus and to make Jesus Lord of her life can really imitate this call. She said, love your choice. Love your choice, right? Do you love your choice to be a disciple? Do you love it? Amen. Come on, Mama Sue. (laughs) If you love it, then why are you focused on what you have to sacrifice? If it's out of love, right, we sacrifice, but we don't feel like, oh, gosh, I have to do this and I have to do that. And we will sacrifice anyways, right? We understand, like, the best example I could think of is parents and what they do for their kids, right? My parents um, went into a lot of debt because they wanted to send all their kids to private school and give them a great education. And amen, they paid off that debt later, but they sacrificed for our education, and if I, I think I asked them a few years ago, like, why did you guys do that? They would do it all over again. Yeah. They would work the long hours later to pay off that stuff so that they could give us exactly what they wanted to see. If that's success, yeah. Yeah. great future, all those things. The sacrifices and what they think of. Yeah. They think of what they were able to do for their kids. Yeah. And I think for us to have greater sacrifice as disciples, that's what we've got to make a decision again. Yeah. To love our choice. To love the God that we serve. Yeah. You know, I think... Um, Come on. Come on. Yeah, I, I think the question we have to ask ourselves is, is, do we do it voluntarily? Yeah. You yeah. know, That's what we've got to fight for, is a voluntary heart. Mm-hmm. A heart that wants to give back to God. Or does it take someone pushing and prodding and reminding and calling you higher all the time? I and mean, we will do that because we're sisters. Yeah. Um, but is that your constant? Do you need someone to remind you to give back to God? Yeah. You know, I think as women, a uh, very common thing is to self-protect. Yeah. Right? We want to draw lines. Like, I'll go this far and no farther. I'll give this much, but no more. (laughs) That's what I do. I know I do that. But you know what? Those lines are actually really good. They're really good. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they make it really clear when you're living for God or yourself. Those lines make it really clear. You know what you have to push past to go a little bit further in order to tell if you're living for God or yourself. You know, Joy preached a a great charge, and she gave us a great point in this area. Every day, this was her challenge, every day push yourself a little past your limit. I was convicted by that. Because there are some days after a 13-hour shift, I just want to go home, eat some biscuits and tea, and just go to sleep. (laughs) I don't want to give any more. Uh, We all have to learn to push 
ourselves a little bit past our limit. You know, to make a decision to do a little more than I think I can. Mm -hmm. To do a little more than you think you can every day. Every day, not for yourself. That's when you know it's for God. Mm -hmm. That, That limit that you break, that... Whatever line you push past, that's what you do for God. That's how you get to sacrifice for God. You know, I want to ask you, what lines have you drawn or limits or walls have you put up in your heart or in your life? Um, You know, maybe you say, I can't be in a study because I need to sleep. (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) I'm too tired. What can I give? I don't have any energy. Uh, You know, maybe I I can't be friends with this sister because she's nothing like me. Or maybe she's too emotional, too smart, too beautiful. I can't afford to raise my contribution because it will be too tight. Oh, man, I was so convicted a few years ago. Luke Speckman preached a great lesson on Sunday. A few years ago, he challenged me to double my contribution. And I was like, already paying more than 10%. And I don't think I can do this. And you know what? By faith, I got to 35% instead of 50% of what I was... Yeah. It was supposed to be 50% of my income, and I got to 35% of my income. But with faith, right? But that was what I told myself. I couldn't do it. I drew a line, and I couldn't do it. And it took a lot of faith to get get me to go further. Um, Maybe you tell yourself, I can't talk to this person because I don't know what to say. You know, and you draw lines. Like, I, I I can't share my faith. I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to yeah. combat different uh, theology. Um, maybe you tell yourself, I can't change this sin in my life because I'm not strong enough. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the lines you draw? Identify the, the lines and the limits and where they are so that you know exactly what you need to go beyond to sacrifice for God. And in John 12... In John chapter 12... Verse 24 and 20 to 26. <clears throat> it says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the woman who hates her life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So if we love our life, too much to sacrifice, too much to give up something for God, then we will lose it. And not only us, but all those seeds that could have been born through your sacrifice will never have a chance to live. That's what sacrifice is. There is a lot riding on our sacrifice as disciples. We sacrifice so that we can have greater impact for God. And the second thing I got out of the EMC was just the concept of greater humility. Greater humility. You know, humility and sacrifice, they go hand in hand. You know, how humble you are directly relates to how willing you are to sacrifice to God or to the kingdom. You know, if you think too highly of yourself, you know, you start to think that you're the one that should be sacrificed for. You're the one that should be served uh, rather than you serving and sacrificing for God. When we're humble, uh, we realize we don't deserve anything, especially our salvation and forgiveness of all of our sins. Like when we're humble, we're grateful. We're grateful for what God did for us, and we're willing to make sacrifices so that God can be glorified in our lives. Uh, let's turn to Philippians 2. Glory. 
greater humility. This one is always uh, a fun one for me because, honestly, I'm a prideful soul. I'm a super prideful soul, and I constantly need God to change my heart. Um, But I love this example. It's a scripture we always use for humility. It's a a great one, though. Uh, Philippians 2, we'll start in verse 3, down to verse 8. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. You know, this is the perfect example of sacrifice and humility. It's Jesus, right? And the question is, is your attitude like Christ? The Bible calls us to be or to have the same attitude as Jesus in verse 5. This is a convicting scripture. You know what I think is convicting about this is that Jesus humbled himself so low as to imitate imperfect humans. He humbled himself. He said, you know what? I'm going to imitate this human life, this challenging, difficult sin-filled world. I'm going to I'm going to put myself in there and I'm going to be like a human. Yeah. That's humility. <laughs> if he could imitate imperfect humans and he was God, how much more should we be able to humble ourselves to imitate our leaders and the women God's put in our life? Colby talked, actually a lot of people talked about imitation, but Colby specifically preached on imitation. And imitating or our lack of imitation, uh, he said, is often what holds us back from doing great things as a church. You know, we can so badly want to hold on to our own identity and our individualism that we don't want to imitate anyone else. But is the Bible true? Yeah. Yes. So we know in 1 Corinthians 12... (laughs) How we're all different, right? We're all different parts. So each of those parts being different, God doesn't want to change that. He made us different for a reason. But they come together in unity, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're all made to be individual different parts, how does imitation fit in? How does being like someone else fit in? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, let's look at Hebrews 13. In Hebrews 13, verse 7... It says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So what you're imitating, like you don't necessarily have to dress exactly like someone. You don't have to talk, use the same words as someone. You don't have to like be a clone, right? But what God wants you to imitate is your leader's faith, right? And let's look at 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, Paul says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. 1 Corinthians Corinthians 11, verse 1. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Mm -hmm. So we are called to imitate. We are are made wonderfully and fearfully and individually. God made us each different. 
But we are called to imitate each other. You know, we need to look for good qualities in our sisters that we can imitate. Sometimes we can get so critical. We can get so critical. We've got to train ourselves to look for the good in people. You know, we've got to train ourselves to think. If you start thinking a critical thought, no. What can I imitate about that sister? What can I imitate about that brother? What do I admire about this person? Sometimes you may have to look really hard. That's okay. (laughs) You fight for that because you love your family. Right? You love, you do not let Satan get a foothold. I'm just being open, right? Sometimes you do have to fight really hard. Um, But that's your own sin usually. So it's not that other person's fault. (laughs) Um, But you're not losing who you are, you know, by imitating. You're actually gaining a better, more well-rounded and righteous version of yourself. You know, not only do we need to humble ourselves to imitate, we need to humble ourselves to God's plan. In Philippians 2 verse 8, it said, Jesus humbled himself to death on a cross. You know, and Jesus had the humility to follow God's plan for his life, even when it included death. You know, even when it includes sacrifice, we've got to follow God's plan for our lives. Are you humble enough to let God lead your life? Or are you trying to take charge of it? You know, when I came to London, I had all kinds of plans for my life. You know, and one by one, God has been redirecting them. All, all of them. (laughs) You know, if you had told me a year ago that my life would be where it is today, I would not have believed you. Um, And for a while, I felt myself resisting God's redirection. You know, even telling him I didn't want his plans, that I didn't like them, that I thought mine were better, you know. Um, But in Isaiah 55, we know it says God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His thoughts and his ways are better than ours. Um, In Proverbs 20, verse 24, in the NLT, It says the Lord directs our steps, so why try to understand everything along the way? (laughs) Sometimes we just don't understand why God is doing something. It takes humility to follow when we don't understand what God is doing. And in Proverbs 16, verse 9, it says, In his heart, a woman plans her course, but the Lord determines her steps. So let God lead you. We've got to be humble to submit to God's plans for our life. You know, and it's okay to feel challenged by his plans. It's okay to even feel afraid of them. But don't let them that stop you from following, from submitting to God. And lastly, we've got to humble ourselves in our relationships. Let's look at Colossians 3. Satan tries really, really hard. Uh, to break the unity in the kingdom. And you see it all the time. The longer you're in the church, you'll see. I mean, if you've been in any church or any group of people, Satan is always trying to divide. He's always trying to break people apart. Um, And as women of God, uh, we follow a God who loves unity and who loves love. (laughs) So we've got to love and be unified with our family. But in Colossians 3, verse 9 to 14, it says... Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge and in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another forgive as the lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity you know humility is a decision 
just like the decision you made to put on what you're wearing right now. I chose specifically, okay, it's Halloween, and I like to at least have a little festivities. As long, I know Satan uses this day for a lot of bad things, but I try to be festive anyways. I chose my burnt orange top and my black pants, right? That's the color of Halloween. I didn't have Halloween socks, but I put this on intentionally, right? It's fall and it's festive to me, right? Okay, I'm not the most festive person. Um, But I chose it specifically, right? And you chose what you're wearing today. With humility, we've got to choose to have it on. We've got to choose to put it on. Um, How do you do that? You bear with one another, and you forgive. (laughs) Our old self, it talks about putting off our old self. Our old self and our old practices might have just cut people out of our lives when they annoyed us, when they said something mean, when, yeah, when they upset us in any kind of way. That was our old self, though. It takes humility to bear with people in their weakness. We all make mistakes. So that's why we need humility, right? Because we're weak, too. We have to understand our weakness. If we understand our own weaknesses, it's much easier to bear with people and forgive them because we understand how much we need it, right? When we're not humble, we forget that. We forget we make mistakes. Um, But we need to have that in our relationships. Sometimes we get so afraid to see or acknowledge our weaknesses, you know? So we hide. We hide behind pride, self-importance, anger, grudges, criticism. Um, But let's be a family that's humble enough to be weak. You know, that's humble enough to embrace our weaknesses uh, and bear with each other so that we can be, um, do even greater things. Oh, sorry. I'm like, so that we can truly love one another. Uh, but with that, I want to pass it over to MJ. And uh, she's going to share with you all. Thank you, guys. Oh, well, good evening, sisters. much better. Ow. Uh, thank you so much, Eileen, for your charge. I was definitely convicted. All right, the last, your last point. Um, but um, the two, it's great, actually, I'm really, really privileged to talk about the two main things I got out from the EMC. Uh, it was an amazing conference, uh, but without a shadow of a doubt, and I know most of the sisters I've spoken to already know about, know about this already, but the two main points I would like to talk about today is love and prayer. Um, and I'll just jump right in. I'll read John 15 Come on, and read from verse 1 to 13. And it says, I am the true vine, and my father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does, that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Mm-hmm. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And then just skip down to verse 9. And it says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command." And remain in his love. I have told you this so that, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Verse 12. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. 
And you know what? This passage, I think um, Jennifer Esparza shared this in her short charge, and it really moved me um, in a different kind of way. In these very short passages, the word love is mentioned eight times. And it's not even the whole uh, chapter, just eight times in these short few verses. And I think it really just emphasizes Jesus' point um, on how important it is to love. Um, And here, what I love about this passage is that you see love and bearing fruit go hand in hand, you know, and Jesus really emphasizes that because in verse four, he says, neither can you bear fruit without, unless you remain in me, you know, to remain with Jesus means to remain in his, in his love. Um, And I love it also because verse nine, we learn that Jesus imitated the love of God. And obviously as Christian women, We want to imitate the love of Christ, you know, Um, and that's a question really um, we we need to ask ourselves. Like, does this describe you? Like, are you someone that imitates the love of God, the love of Christ? You know, are you are you a woman that's known to be that person? Like, will your housemate say, "Yeah, that sister, she definitely loves like Christ," or will your best friend say it, or your discipler, would she say, "Yeah, this sister, she loves like Christ"? You know, this convicted me at the EMC. Because I realized um, I can love people and I do love people who are easy to love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> people who are easy. Um, but I think you're tested, well for me anyway, for people, people that have attitude or disrespect or just an unrepentant heart. Mm. I can really struggle to really love these women and this was brought to light by I think Thursday by Thursday evening I was literally done <laughs> I heard my message I was like God I know exactly what I need to change and for the most part it's women that you know we're trying to help you know we're trying to reach out trying to reach out to and I think for me what I just had to realize was that I can be very conditional you know yeah. in the way that I love people which is really shameful to admit you know as you know as a Christian like mm-hmm. to, to love conditionally yeah. but I was doing that without even knowing very subtly you know when someone wants help if they're weak and they want help that's fine I'm there I'll yeah. pray with you do whatever you you know I'll be there for you but when someone doesn't want the help like I my heart can grow cold and yeah. in a way just be like okay well you know be gone with you stay stay in your sin and so that really really cut me because that is not the love of Christ you know and I love what Eileen shared you know how Jesus gave his life you know like he I think Romans Romans 5 verse 8 the Bible says while we were still sinners he forgave us you know who am I but cannot that the struggles to have patience for for someone who's lost completely blind in the world so my heart was really moved by that um and in verse 13 you know it says greater love means to lay down your life you know when you lay down your life i imagine um walking across a cliff um you know leading a, a group of people to walk to get across that cliff or to help someone get across across that cliff you have to lay down with your arms like you know mm. outstretched wow. so that the people can walk across like literally you've wow. really got to make yourself nothing so someone else can be something you know yeah. that's what it means to lay down your life and I think um even with this scripture and again this is just, just the spirit because I need to share the scripture I was going to share in John twelve twenty four, just about dying uh, being that seed that dies and I think um, for us this scripture like really means denying ourselves because I think we live in a, in a really blessed 
society in a really blessed part of the world yeah. you know we don't have to really we're not really threatened with our physical lives yeah. you know I don't think any one of us wakes up in the morning like afraid of yeah. being killed physically yeah. for their faith you know we're not in that extreme thank God but you know so in this sense to, to really die to ourselves to lay down our lives really just means denying ourselves, denying our comforts you know Jesus's love sent him to the grave you know our love for people maybe means that we stay up an hour or two later or maybe means that we don't get to enjoy some of the things that we would normally like the comparison like it doesn't even match you know when it comes to the way that we love people um sisters i just want to ask you like how like how do you love the women that you you um you, you're reaching out to do you really love them or are they just an extra person on your phone you know an extra person that you get to you know reach out to study the bible with to tick numbers like do you really love them and you know i really um do you want to commend some of the sisters that do go out of their way um just to lift up a few sisters i really appreciate javeline like she's really she's going after this woman she's been going after this woman for months Yeah. This girl loves her. <laughs> she loves her because she cares. Like she cares about her life, you know. She cares about her job situation. Like she is patient with this woman and it's just beautiful to see her heart changing. And probably she'll be a sister soon. But it's just beautiful to see, you know. And I really um just want to lift up Denise as well. Like just going after a woman who's not even in London. You know, I remember we'd stay we'd Skype study till late at night where we're all like just falling asleep she's not even in london it's like why are we trying to chase after this woman but like denise went after her you know and i appreciate a few other sisters as well like tammy and taiwo um the other day you know th- things you know switched up and you know i needed them to be at the house <laughs> within three hours and they were there you know which is just they could have like any excuse you could have been like well three hours how am i supposed to get to your house in three hours this is sorry sis you know my spirit is with you <laughs> but like they were there you know just that heart you know and it's not to anyone's glory you know and i think about to lee as well you know just being willing to to help out frankie you know as she um just came into her you know her walk with christ and you know this is a woman that's not even in her region but she was willing to love this woman not because you know it's you know she didn't say oh she's not in my region she's not in my bible talk it doesn't gain me but she really loved this girl um and so it's like and there's so many other examples but like as like we really really need to examine ourselves and really examine whether we truly love the women that the women that we're reaching out to you know and i think um uh, it's my conviction like before we can extend love to anyone else you've got to love in the family you've got to love yeah. your sisters and again i really appreciate eileen just bringing that point just how we need to be unified as sisters like do you even love your sisters you know sometimes we're human we can be open and honest sometimes we rub each other the wrong way um sometimes we get frustrated or we lose patience with one another um sometimes we bicker or we can compete with one another we want to do you know we just again it's satan we want to be better than our sister you know and it's like you know this is not the enemy <laughs> we're fighting the wrong person you know um sometimes you just may not like a sister um 
but you know what? Like isn't even in the Bible. (laughs) Jesus didn't say like people. (laughs) But Jesus called us to love people. That is the standard. And so we as sisters, our love for one another has to be tight. You know, and I love 1 Corinthians 13. I love this scripture because it just breaks down the definition um, of what love is. And just prior to verse... Prior to chapter 13, the verse, the last verse in chapter 12, it says, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. Like love is excellent. (laughs) You know, the Bible says God is love and God is perfect and excellent in in his entirety. And that's what our love needs to be. Our love needs to be excellent. If we um, read verse one, it says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. To see here, it says love is a salvation issue. (laughs) You know, this is important. And then obviously in verse 4, of course, we, you know, we all know this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking or easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. In verse 8, my favorite scripture in the whole Bible, love never fails. You know, God's way is excellent. You know, when we truly love genuinely, the Bible says love never fails. You know, and so I really, really just want to inspire you women just to love women. Love the women in the world. Love the lost women in your phones or in your ministries. Sometimes you just have to love the woman who's just giving you attitude, you know, on the tube or just in the supermarket next to you, you know. So I felt that way. Sometimes yeah. I felt like, man, I just don't like this. I'm not going to speak to you, you know. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I don't know where she is. She could be on her way to hell, you know. Yeah. Open your mouth and speak to her. When you feel, the Bible says love overcomes. Like when you feel a certain way towards someone, like just try it. Yeah. Just try it. Just love, yeah. you know. Um, and really just see, I appreciated what Christine shared in her charge. I just really see the women um, as just lost souls, you know. I think yeah. if any one of us was in a building that was on fire, mm-hmm. I know for a fact we would grab anyone we could. Yeah. We just would because we, we, we wouldn't be able to live with the concept of them dying and we did nothing. Yeah. And so how much more spiritually, you know. And so... Um, my challenge actually just from this is just really to just not let a day go by without having some contact with just a woman you're reaching out to you know just be consistent you know some some days things happen i think we should be consistent in sharing our faith obviously but sometimes things happen and for whatever reason you're you're not out or whatever the case may be again we live in a generation we live in a cyber world (laughs) So you can always connect with someone, yeah, you know. Yeah. Don't let a day go by without um, reaching out because you never know what that one message uh, will mean to someone. And also, um, just not giving up on people. I think this is something I can do really frequently. Again, it's a lack of patience, you know. Not giving up on people. Um, but just like Jesus had patience with us, let's really be, um, let's live the example of love and not fake it you know so just because someone doesn't respond to you once or twice it's like don't throw them out the window really really um 
just pray for them um, and just allow God's excellence, uh, allow like love, just being excellent in itself, to really uh, be what opens up this woman's heart. Amen. And the second thing I wanted to talk about was prayer. Um, and one of my uh, favorite quotes that I heard about prayer in the at the EMC um, was what Debs Rajan shared when she when she shared, "Run your ministry on your knees." <laughs> Yeah. Not on your heels. Uh, and I love that. Yeah. Um, right. We go to Hebrews 5. Come on. We go to Hebrews 5, verse 7. And we'll read. Hebrews 5, verse 7. It says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. And I think this is, this is powerful um, to know that Jesus, who was God in the flesh, had to cry, like had to cry really loudly, not having the sniffles, like he bawled. And it wasn't because, you know, he didn't have something that he wanted. He was bawling for the souls of men. Um, I don't know if I've ever, I've cried in my prayers, but I don't know if I've ever cried like that. I can't say that I have. Um, and I really believe this is where we need to get our hearts. This is where our hearts needs to get to, to for the women actually that we're reaching out to, crying um, for their souls. Like we are in a battle, sisters. Like you know, and I'm sure some of you have, you know, you know individual women that you're reaching out to, and you, you see their stories, and you see how wow, Satan is just just snatching them, you know, and it's so heartbreaking. So it's like, we are in a battle. We need to really use our weapon of prayer to fight for these souls. I was really convicted. Um, And I love what it says. It says something really powerful. It says that Jesus was hurt because of his reverent submission. Jesus was humble before God. And in the same way, we just need to be humble in our prayers. Sometimes we can pray, but even in our prayers, we can be fake. You know, and God knows our hearts. You know, we really need to examine ourselves when we do pray. And sometimes, you know, I can pray. I'm like, oh, I don't feel genuine. And I just have to pray through that. Like, what is this? You know, like not not wanting Satan to just steal the sacredness of prayer. But be humble and be honest before God. Um, Don't fake it before God. Um, And I'll just quote Mark 9, um, 21 to 29. It's a story about... um, Jesus healing uh, the boy with the possessed spirit. And his disciples tried to heal him, but they couldn't. And so they were asking, you know, why, you know, why couldn't the disciples heal him? Um, and Jesus, um, I'll just read it actually, it's a lot more powerful. <laughs> I'll just read what Jesus said. So it's in Mark 9. Um, Mark 9. Yeah, so Mark 9, uh, verse 21. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him, uh, that's his seizures, it's often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Verse 23, if you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit, you deaf and mute spirit.
spirit, he said. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, this kind can only can come out only by prayers. And in some versions it says prayer and fasting. Like again, sisters, we are just in a war, you know. And for the, you know, for the women we are reaching out to, uh, we just we have to fight in prayer. And I want to challenge, want to challenge everyone. Like fast for the women you're reaching out to, you know. Because, again, we're in a war. Like, there's no soul that's easy. <laughs> you know? Like, even, like, in games. Like, when you play board games and you're trying to capture, like, other people's... I'm just thinking of chess. It's not easy. You have to, you have to be tactical. You've got to use skill. Like, in the same, like, Satan is tactical. Like, he wants to snatch people into, into, into the darkness. So we really have to pray for these women on our knees. We have to pray. We win the battle for souls on our knees. You know, there's no such thing as a comfortable prayer. Um, and so I definitely, uh, for, for me, I was definitely convicted as I share with you. I share to myself and I take on these practicals. Um, and just a quick note just about prayer, um, because I know some of us can sometimes struggle with praying. You know, either we don't know what to say or we don't feel motivated or for whatever reason, if you're in that space, I think, you know, just grab a sister to pray with, you know, think of prayer as um, like exercise, as a muscle. The more you pray, the more, the more you use it, the more, the easier it becomes because it really is a weapon that I believe Satan can stop us from using. Um, So sisters, I, I, um, Love you dearly, and I pray that we can really be excellent in the way we love one another and the way we love the lost, and we can really be women of prayer to really fight uh, the spiritual battle that is before us. So with that, I love you all. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.